Welcome to another leadership podcast from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. You know, we've been in a series, really, our DNA. It's, uh, this series has been entitled Intentionally Us. And we've been covering the 10 things that are not just words on a piece of paper, but if you were to chop us up and put us in a one of those scientific experiments and boil out all of the nutrients that makes this church this church, these really are the 10 ingredients you would come up with. And tonight, we're going to kind of finish up with number 10. Uh, And as we do, there's a QR code right there. If you want a copy of my notes, you want to follow along every week, I try to provide that for you. But I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 22, verses 2 through 3. It says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared, and I want to stop right there just for a second. Anytime you see in the New Testament the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, it's not talking about someday when we die and go to heaven. It's talking about the moment after you say yes to following Jesus and the kingdom of heaven is established in your life, these are the principles you will begin to walk in. The kingdom of heaven is right now if you're a believer and can be now if you step into a relationship with God. So when we read this, this is not about far off some other day. This is about right here and right now. It says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king, now check this out, who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. What I really wanna get through to you tonight as we look at our final component of our church is that while life is incredibly serious and we're playing for keeps and you don't get a second chance, uh, at least at this life, and there are a lot of things that are very, very important, I don't want you to ever lose sight of the fact that our lives are intended to be like a wedding banquet and a feast in this lifetime. That there should be great, great joy in this life. That in walking with God, it shouldn't be this, Let's suffer well because the kingdom of God may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. You and I right now, because we follow Jesus, newsflash, you're participating in a great celebration. And even though there might be some challenging moments like much of the last couple of years, still in the midst of this, there's the opportunity to push into beyond the veil and experience some of the joys that come along with being a Christian, with being a believer, with being forgiven, with having real friends, uh, with having the opportunity to have prayer answered, healings take place, breakthroughs happen, and good things coming up ahead. We are living the life of the great invitation of experiencing the wedding feast that the Father is throwing for His Son. Amen? And so tonight... I want to entitle this, I'm just, if you see me going like this, I can't get my clicker to work. Take me back one, guys, sorry about that. Um, Fun is our flavor, okay? That's one of the great things about our church. There's about two of you got excited about that. Fun. Let me hear some fun for a second. One, two, three, go. Okay. Um, That is something you hear regularly in our church. People excited. After some of our students pray, we cheer, we clap. We allow our little kids to jump around. I know it's it's totally distractionary, but our little kids jumping around, some parents want to grab their kid. No, 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 you stand here. No, 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 I think if Jesus were here, he'd be like, let the kid jump. He's in church. 
He's happy to be in church. Let him jump, right? I mean, maybe keep him off the TV, but let, let him jump. Fun is our flavor. And so let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for our people. I thank you for our church family. I thank you, God, for your goodness upon us. I pray that as we talk about this idea, that not only will it be a flavor of our church, but maybe for some who need to make it a flavor in their home. Lord, and it is really like cooking. We get to put in that cookie dough whatever we want. And Father, when we see emphasized in the scripture key ingredients, we want to make sure we stick them in the cookie dough, not only of our church, but of our own homes. And so God, I pray that you'll stir this up in those who... Um, who need it stirred up, but there's some in this room that they walk in this already. Uh, they, they are the, 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 uh, the leaders of fun. They are fun country. Uh, they are the fun posse. They are the people who make us laugh. And we're so grateful. We're so thankful for them. Let it be a part of who we are. Let there always be laughter coming out of even the most serious moments in the house of God. Lord, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And so we're so thankful for that. Bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand, okay? You can be seated. Grab your Bible, and we'll kind of press through uh, my message tonight, which is a little bit unusual, but uh, so is probably every other message. So we're talking about fun is our flavor. Um, <laughs> we have such we have crazy people in this church. I just want to point this out. So we're in rehearsal tonight, and uh, Alana, in her classic style, kicks into some gangster Italian voice as she's giving, she's reading, pretending like she's preaching to the, you guys weren't here, but she's, she's pontificating to people who aren't here, sharing scriptural thoughts in this crazy, wacky Italian voice. And I was dying laughing, and I thought, that is so absolutely our church, this craziness that goes on. We know how to have fun. You can see it every single, why, why are you laughing at yourself? She's like, I'm so embarrassed. You're the entertainer of all entertainers. Give, give Alana a hand. I know everybody can't be like that, but we appreciate that and we value that uh, in an appropriate <laughs> balance. Um, uh, you know, when me growing up, my first six years of going to church were on the tail end of my dad having a tragic car accident. He was visited by a pastor in the ICU because on his uh, military ID, you had to write something down. And my grandmother, when he was a little boy, dropped him off at the Methodist church. And so he had on his ID for the military that he was Methodist. And so in the ICU that night, a Methodist preacher came to our, my dad's um, room, and we started going to church. The, the circumstances were incredibly tragic, but it was the start for us to go to church. Now, I can tell you in those, those six years of going to church that I would not put fun and church into not only the same sentence or I would put same zip code or same millennium because when I would go to church, if I were just to turn off the volume, and I would, I would say this is a pretty fascinating thing. If right now I were to kick on a camera to show you as the representative of enthusiastic Christianity in the house of God, come to our church, who, who me? You know, there's those snapshots, there's those moments and as a kid, when I, if I were to measure fun at the church that I was attending, it didn't exist. The organist, she, looked, she was terrifying. She's incredibly serious, wore this long robe. And she played, she did all this gesticulation. And I thought she was like, a, I expected vampires to come from behind the pipe organs and fly down and consume us because even the music had that dark, depressing sound. Then 
Fortunately, after I graduated high school, I got saved in a church much like ours. But even then, fun was like kind of separate from church. Church is serious. And then outside of churches where we're able to have fun. And what was really kind of interesting, and that kind of carried with me for a number of years, uh, and it made it difficult being a youth pastor because we like to have fun. And yet, as we had church with adults, it was like you had to tone it way down. Uh, I've got pictures even early on in pastoring of, of maybe even some of you. It's like we walk into the room, and like if you come up on the platform, oh, you got to be serious. I'm, I'm dedicating my child. i got pictures of some of you dedicating your child. And, and the look on your face is you're about to dedicate because you're being serious. And although this is one of the greatest moments ever, you're about to dedicate your child, the looks on people's faces can tend to be like they're incredibly constipated and they need to be loosened up. And so, no, oh, I apologize. <laughs> Anyways, Rowie, I'll, I'll keep moving. I was up at 2 o'clock your time this morning, headed to the airport, so I cannot be responsible for the things that I'm about to say. Uh, I might have more fun than normal. Um, and, but we began to talk about that as a, as a church leadership team because what we saw is reflected on the faces of people was not really what was within their heart. You know, one of the things that we talked about the worship team, if we're singing a song about joy, it shouldn't be... It should be joy, right? And so we, we work on that. And I would challenge you just to maybe consider maybe your own presentation of yourself, interacting with people, worshiping God, sitting in the chair right now. Your posture says something about your engagement and what's going on. And I'm trying not to look at anybody, but yes, I am talking to you, <laughs> right? Me and Rowena do something that, this is going to sound crazy, but especially when we're on our way to church, a weird thing happens in my truck on the way, beyond all the other weird things, okay, <laughs> which is usually me aggravated. I was mad at a guy today. Oh, boy. He did not. Anyways, so uh, driving down the road, I'll just go like this. I'll go. And Rowena looks over, at it, and then she's like, <laughs> she looks at me, and then she does the same thing. So we're driving down the road, and I'm going like this. And you want to know why we do that? It's because I got to tell you, I am incredibly happy. I am incredibly joyful. But sometimes I've got to let my face know it. And I don't know about you, but like maybe you have great, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How about let your face know it once in a while? How about express it? You know, sometimes the things that are within our hearts need to be expressed so that we actually experience the thing that we really believe and we really feel. And I'm not talking about fake it till you make it, but sometimes we need to, this, everything in this world will, will push against you celebrating and rejoicing and enjoying all the good things that God has for you, and you just get stuck as this piece of dead wall art walking around, and God has redeemed you. He has set you free. He's done great things in your life, and yet you're, you, you've been pushed by culture into this, this walking dead form. I just want to challenge you as a believer, one of the things that attracts people is the fact that you're rejoicing, you're happy. Well, I don't have anything to be happy about. You need to come to the foot of the cross for a few minutes. And I say that with all true sincerity. If you'll take a few minutes, I know that there might be some tremendously difficult things going on in your life. But right now, you got a pulse. Most of you are sitting next to somebody who loves you. I know that you're standing in the presence, sitting in the presence of a church that absolutely loves you, in a church that 
um, has experienced incredible breakthroughs from God, the generosity of God. God has done so many great things for us. We should be giddy sliding off our chairs. Sometimes you need to tickle yourself, I think. You got to do something. I really want, I, listen, this, if I were to stop this message right here and right now, this would be worth its weight in gold. You couldn't pay enough for this. Just to start smiling. Do you know that Jesus said that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross? And even though while he was suffering incredibly, there was great joy for the task ahead. Parenting is hard, but you get to raise that child. You, get, you prayed for that child. You wanted that child. You get to raise that child. You get to work that job. I, you, some of you need to hear this. You get to work that job. Stop cursing your job. Stop, stop verbally vomiting all over your job. Start thanking God for your job. Start declaring your appreciation. And you watch. Your attitude is going to shift. The smile is going to come back on your face. Some of the bitterness is going to begin to dissipate. And some people are going to begin to be attracted to you. Dave, help me out, Chate. You and me, we're locked in. We're good. We're good. By the way, you're looking a little buff. I noticed tonight, Dave. Seriously, you got... Anyway, okay, let me just keep going on. Squirrel, okay. Um, so, I... Um, if I ask most people if they believe that fun is like one of the basic components that should be a part of a church, I would dare say there would be a lot of people that would not put that on the top 10 list of things that they see in Scripture. But I want to give you a number of scriptural uh, portions of Scripture to inform you to be able to maybe bring this up a little bit higher, not just in the world of church, but in the world of being a believer, in the, in the experience of your family of the vision you have for your future and understand how this all fits together. While it might not be on the top 10 of what most people would say should be a part of the great Christian life, as we look through Scripture, we discover fun is an ingredient of the things that God calls holy. When you look in the Old Testament in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah set aside a day and proclaimed that it was going to be holy, and he said, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Mourning and weeping was not part of this holy day. And he goes on to say, For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not be grieved. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I want to tell you that that is true of everybody in this room, but if you lock your joy up in a bottle and keep it in your back pocket, it's available but not being accessed. It's accessible. You get to decide right now whether I want to step into the joy of the Lord with everybody else and celebrate, or I'm going to fold my arms and just be reserved. And if it, if it happens to me, if it's really God's will, it will happen to me. And you know that doesn't fly in this church because there's a lot of things that are the will of God that don't just happen that you need to go in and take. Let me tell you a quick story. If you read the story of the prodigal son 
Uh, there's a man who's a very wealthy man, and he has unlimited resources, but he's got two sons. And one son says, Father, give me my inheritance. I'm going to go live my life. And he takes that inheritance, and he spends it quickly. He gambles it away. And in the process, he becomes destitute, works on a pig farm, feeding the pig slop, and desire, he gets to the point where he is so destitute, he desires the food from the pigs. Now, his brother, his good brother, his goody-two-shoes brother, we all have probably one of those, is at home doing everything that he should be doing, and it, comes, it hits him as a brother laying there in the slop that, you know what, my father has servants that do better than this. I'll go home, I'll throw myself on the mercy of my father and say, Father, I have sinned. Could you welcome me back as a servant? So he does that, and as he's approaching the hillside of his father's home, his father's standing out on the hillside waiting for his son to return. And in the process, she's always just competing with me, but she's going to preach someday. This, it never fails every single week. It's fine. It's all good, right? So she's a parish. So, you know, in the, in the process, the father sees the son and run and throws his arms around the son. And the son's, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. Forgive me. I'm not worthy to carry your last name. And he says, be quiet. He calls for his servants. He says, throw a robe on him. Throw a ring on his finger. Kill the fattened calf. Let's throw a party. My son who was dead is now alive. That's awesome. Now, Goody Two-Shoes' brother, who's been there working hard, doing everything he needs to, comes in from the field, and he's like, what is going on? It's not Christmas. It's not Valentine's Day. It's not New Year's. I know some of you are like, it. Christmas. wait a second, Jesus hadn't come. Okay. Just track with me, okay? What's going on here? It's not my birthday. What are all, what's this partying going? So he calls for a servant, and the servant says, your brother who had taken off is back, and your father's throwing this party for him. And he freaks out. He blows his lid. And so the father hears about this, and the father comes outside and, and, and presses into his son and says, son, please come in and share in the joy, my joy, your brother's joy. Come on, come, let, come into the party. And he digs in, and he says, no, this is wrong. You have killed the fattened calf. You've never so much as ever given me a chicken. None of me and my friends have ever partied on your dime. I show up to work every day. I have, I have been faithful, and this low-life loser comes back. You throw a party for him. You kill the fattened calf, and I'm not coming in. And he looks at his son, and he says something that is so profound. You mark this down. He says, son, you have been with me all this time, and everything that is happening right now for your brother has been available to you every day of your life. What I'm trying to get through to you is joy is available to you. You just need to reach out and take it. This idea of waiting for joy to come upon me or, or excitement to come upon me, it's, 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 a, it's a fleeting mist. It's, it's a thing that's not going to happen. It's something you reach in and you take. The father said, this celebration has been available to you. You could have killed the fattened calf. You could be joyful. I know we look around the room, we're like, oh, you know, Jade, she's, she's, so, she's so excited all the time, woo! Or we look at Alana, or we look at other people, and what we, we, we fail to, <laughs> don't tell Jade, don't tell her I said that. <laughs> kind of painted out like she's crazy, and she's not crazy. But super joyful, and we're like, well, I just wish I was like that. There's a conscious decision to get up in the morning and have fun. 
to enjoy, as crazy as it sounds, reaching into the refrigerator and pulling out some toast. That's where you keep it, putting it in the toaster. We don't, our bread would get moldy if we didn't do that. We, ours is in the freezer, believe it or not. We had to pull it out of the freezer and drop it in the toaster and to celebrate that moment and to celebrate standing in my home and celebrate when I think about my kids, where they are in life, and think about my grandkids. And while this has been a tough couple of years, I think about some friends I know, they've had to shut their churches down. I think about some people that I know that, that I've got a friend right now that's not in a praying church, and we sent him a note this week, found out that family member is extremely sick with COVID, and I just, we, we banned our church together and said, hey, let's be praying for this person. Because it's like, I mean, to not, I, if I was sick right now, I could call on a couple hundred of you. And I know that you'd pray for me. And I believe with all that's within me, God would hear and move. And I can celebrate that. I'm part of an amazing church family, right? There are so many things that I can celebrate, but I'm the one that's going to have to reach in and celebrate. So, but fun is an ingredient of our holy God. God said, have a, this is a holy feast. Have a great time. When we come together, Part of what we want to create for you is the moment to step in to joy. Now, we can't force you, and you can hide behind, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just reserved. I, the first time I ever jumped up and down in church, I felt ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you what, you're never going to rob me of being able to do that with my grandkids up in the altar. It's going to be a memory that they're going to have forever. Can you believe Grandpa was the pastor of the church? He used to jump up and down in the altar. Who does that? You're, my grandfather does. Ooh. Listen, I got multi-skills going on up here. I had to make that decision. I'm going to do that. But when I decide to do that, it releases some things that I get to enjoy. Let me take you through a couple of these other scriptures that are pretty profound. God's presence automatically generates fun. When you read Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, it says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. And so if you're lacking some of that joy that we're talking about, press it and worship God. It's, it's one of the byproducts. It's one of the benefits. I've never heard anybody say, oh, man, God's presence was really thick. How lame was that? Oh, man, we, I was worshiping God. He was like all over me, man. That's so, yeah, that stunk. I've never heard anybody say that. All I've ever heard is like, oh, my, I felt God tonight. It was amazing. You know that God is available for you to step into his presence in a tangible way every time you want to, to be honest with you. God's presence generates that fun. It generates that joy. Do you know that Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding reception? Don't tell me God does not care about celebrations. It's the first place he did a miracle. A cheap wad groom didn't buy enough wine, and Jesus carried, cared enough to keep the celebration going. It wasn't just about the groom's saving face. It wasn't just about doing a miracle. It was about people having a great time. The heart of God, God cares about that. Yes, Jesus died for your sin. He also died so that you could have, it's a thing called abundant life. It's not walking dead life. It's not just survival life. It's abundant life. It's enjoyable life. John chapter two, verse two, Jesus was invited to that wedding and we know that he did that miracle. Also, we see that Jesus had somewhat of a party reputation. Now, I'm not talking about inappropriate partying. There's inappropriate partying. We all know that, okay? Although they tried to say he was inappropriate. But Jesus was 
always at gatherings. Now, that didn't eclipse his involvement at church. The Bible says daily he was in the temple. He didn't let the party keep him from being a part of the family of God. But in his commitment to the family of God, he still was out there partying. Now, what does that look like in your everyday, everyday life? That means some of you start thinking about, you know what? It's time for us to invite somebody to our house for a meal. There's a lot of amens there. <laughs> I'm just flowing. Let me ask you this question. When is the last time you invited someone to your house to celebrate? I'm not talking about your family. I'm not, uh, when is the last time you invited someone to your house to celebrate? Jesus regularly went to people's houses. Jesus was invited to people's houses. Believe it or not, Jesus had people to his house. The whole cut in the roof of that one house, go back and study it. That was actually Jesus' family's house. They tore a hole in his roof because he was a carpenter and he could fix it, right? So he had a party reputation. Matthew chapter 9, verse 11, the Pharisee said to his disciples, why does your teacher and tax collector, uh, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Like he's always, seems like he's always at some party. And certainly Jesus attended many of those celebrations, and we read about it over and over and over and over. You remember Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Looking in the trees, see what he could see. Yeah, so you've been to kids' church, okay? So what happens at the end of that encounter? Hey, Zacchaeus, I need you to come down. Why? It wasn't tea. I'm going to go to your house. And Zacchaeus threw a party, celebration. Our, we see words like phrases like banquets and stuff like that. But do you understand that there's a mission in getting together with people and celebrating? I do know the heart of Breton and Jade when they have people over to their home. It creates, every time they do that, they get everybody together before it starts. They just thank them for their friendship. They pray over everybody. Crazy. They're, I don't know if this will continue on. The kids usually put on some type of performance. They, they, in their house, they're like, people are like, oh, I love your house. And they always kick into, yeah, this is what God did for us. And there's always this celebration. People are eating food. You can do the same type of thing, but you'd have to be intentional about it. Um, G, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus' parables featured banquets. If you don't think this celebratory type of attitude is really that important, then why did Jesus tell so many parables about banquets and festivals? It's nonstop. It's a recurring theme. It's, it never ends. In fact, the book of Revelation ends with the great feast. It's not a great come-to-church meeting. It's a great feast. It's a celebration in the presence of God. I don't want to take away from that, but it's described as the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a great big party. Jesus' uh, parables featured banquets, and in fact, some of his parables at the very out end of the, of the parable, the outcome is an idea of stepping into a celebration. You'll remember that there were some servants that were given different, different amounts of resources and finances, and they were to invest. And in, in, in the process of investing, one who was given a ton, he doubled the, doubled the resources. And, and at the end of the, the, the dialogue with that man, uh, Jesus in the parable says these words. He says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Now listen to this. Enter into the joy of your master. 
I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you to enter into the joy of your master. I'm just issuing this invitation. It's there every morning. It's there every afternoon. It's there every evening. And there is something in this world about people who have joy. Because this world is not filled with a lot of joy. And then when people ask you, the, as the Bible says, the reason for your joy or the reason for your hope, and you're able to say, oh, I've got the joy of the Lord. Why would you have the joy of the Lord? Well, because I got a check in the mail that I wasn't expecting. Because God answered my prayer and he healed me of cancer. Because God is helping me to navigate through a difficult season. Because God has, is, is setting my future business into place. Because God has given me great friends. And the list goes on and on, right? Enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. The reason why fun is our flavor is because we refuse to not enter the joy of our master. What's his, why does he have joy? He has joy because he spoke you into existence. He created you all for the purpose of leading to the moment when you would have Christ revealed and you would respond and become a son or daughter. And you have, you, have, you, you are either stepping into that or you've already stepped into that and God celebrates you because of that. You know, the Bible says that there's, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels when one sinner repents. I mean, the exact phrase is, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. It does not say that the angels rejoice. It says that the, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels. Who is in the presence of angels? God. When you repent, he celebrates. He celebrated your, uh, when, you, when you were breathed into existence, he celebrated your birth. I know you think there are a lot of days that he has like cursed you. He has not. He sent his son so that he could celebrate every moment and in celebrating, invite you in to the joy of your master. And so that's why it's so important. It's got to be a part of who we are. People have to be invited. I think that one of the greatest revelations that you can have in this church would be that God loves you and is pleased with you. He's not pleased with everything you have ever done, but he sent his son to declare the year of his pleasure, the year of his acceptance, the year of his favor. God approaches you with this invitation into his joy for you. And that's got to be the flavor that gets all over everything that we do. The revelation that God wants me, God is excited about me, come on, that's, that's a powerful, powerful thing. Okay, let me wrap this up. Uh, we are expected to actually host celebrations. And I'm talking to some of you. It's time. Well, nobody want to come to my house. Listen, I've been to every type of house on the planet as, as a pastor. Rowena and I, one time, <laughs> Lord have mercy, this is some years ago, we were invited to a cat lady's house. <laughs> and when I say cats, I'm not talking about like cat what you think, not your, your, I'm talking cats. I'm talking about we were invited, we sat down at the table, and there was cat hair everywhere. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing because we weren't. We had a little baby in a bassinet. And we were, they were every, do you, you remember that? Yeah. Like, but the woman invited us into her house to share part of her life with us. 
unashamed, and there was no judgment. There was a lot of prayer, no judgment. And I have been to people's homes who, for whatever reason, would think they would have to be apologetic because my house is not as nice as so-and-so's or as nice as yours. None of that matters. But it's about inviting people into your world to celebrate and to build a life of celebration with others. You know, it says, he said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, that's speaking to all his disciples, when you give a dinner or a banquet, this idea of inviting people in your world so that you can celebrate. You know, the night I got saved, as this is, I don't know if you understand how profound this can be. My family, if somebody knocked on our door as a kid growing up, we cracked the door because we want to know, what do you want? And other than going to grandparents' house, I don't know if we'd ever been to anybody's house. I can tell you one thing, ain't nobody ever came to our house. And the night that I got saved, my family was invited to a man, man's home who was very wealthy. Had met my parents. He owned his own steel fabrication business. And we got to his home. It was, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I was blown away by his big house, his beautiful family. He had a king-sized bed, but it wasn't king. It was even bigger. I mean, he gave us a tour of the whole house. That's fine. But the thing that blew me away is everything that we did, whether it was the meal or showing us his truck or sitting on the couch or eating whatever the food was, he celebrated all that God had done in his life. And I listened to that man talk about God like God was real, that God was tangible, that God had impacted his life. And he, as he shared it, it was just like a magnet. Oh, I, I, will, I would really want that. If God would do that for you, he celebrated God. If he hadn't invited us to his home that night, likely he wouldn't have been able to invite us to the youth revival that was happening at his church. And likely, I probably would not have heard the word, and I would not have made my way up to the altar. Those crazy people wouldn't have got their hands on me, and I wouldn't have ended up crying on the ground and saying yes to Jesus, and we might not ever know one another because a man invited me to dinner. You don't need to have all the theological words. You just need to be celebrating who God is in your life and inviting someone to celebrate with you. Amen? Okay, I, this, I just, can I, can I take a minute or two more? Would I be okay? And you guys, come on up here, because you guys are better looking than I am. You can, they'll look at you, but listen to me for a few minutes here. I, I do not have the time to take you through all the pictures. And I have on my phone, I'm not sad, it's, it's so cool. And you know, the last couple of years have been challenging for us all, but I'm gonna tell you what, you have to remind yourself of all the good things that God has done. I look at the little faces, the people, I began to think about all the good things that God has done for me, for us. I've got so many pictures of the kids in this church every single week, they're my favorite. To see them laughing, to see them rejoicing, to see them having a good time, to watch our, to watch our students laughing their heads off, doing something crazy, 
eating a bunch of something they shouldn't. And I've got pictures that go back for 30 years. I've got kids that were in my first youth group that are turning 50. And we were blowing snot rockets in a competition out on the side of the church, all for the glory of God at some point. I think about the fun that we've had at picnics, the chili bake-offs, the cutting up, the laughing, the Christmas when Jade got up on the platform dressed like an elf, got all the kids dancing. In and out of church, watching Annie repeatedly stomp everybody in the very unfair anything bake-off against her family. Clearly, me being with some men who won this tug-of-war, to things like different baptisms through the years, the genuine celebrations, moments of worship, praying for one another, and not just in the house, but outside of the house. Time, times we've done church camping trips, which I don't know if I recommend those. Um, I can remember some of uh, Tyler and Jen Davenport. They're, they're in Disney World, which is so cool that they're at Disney World with their family. But one of our first camping trips, everybody had little kids. And there was a big windstorm for a couple of nights. And outside of our tent, we heard, Mom, Dad! And we looked out, opened our tent, and our son Steve, who weighed 40 pounds at the time, it was in a tent, and the wind was blowing the tent down the field, and he's trapped in the tent. And we just laughed. It was hilarious. The next morning, we got up early, and I think, I don't remember, I, I, know, I think Paige was there. I don't know if Micaiah had been born yet, but the Davenports and a bunch of other families of little kids all packed up and said, we're out of here, this is crazy. And we just laughed. It was hilarious. I think about just the different times of, you know, personally, I, 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 you know, taking the time to invest in that on a church level and on a personal level. The times we've bought blow up stuff for the kids to enjoy and picnics that we've had, times that we get to spend around the table over there, they're critical, they're so important. If you think the disciples just walked around all somber, I'm like, I could see Peter, hey, pull my finger. You know, I, because he's a guy. He's a guy. It's not sacrilegious, he's a guy. Having fun, living life, enjoying. There's just been so many, so many wonderful and great and fantastic moments. Um, I just want to challenge you to do this. I want you to stand with me. And I'll give you this just really quick. We, in, we intentionally look to bake the fun into everything we do. No matter what meeting we're having, it's important to have a good time. Maybe it's not every time we're always doing something crazy, but it needs to be a part of the world, the life that we live in. Celebration needs to be a part of everything we do. Celebrating one another, celebrating the Lord, celebrating what God has done. That's sharing testimonies. We need to prioritize it. We also need to resource it. I would challenge you, are you resourcing fun, not only in your life, but for the people in your life? Throughout the years, I remember Rowena and I, the first time we had any a little bit of money, we're trying to decide to how to spend it on fun. Of course, I wanted to buy a boat. And Rowena doesn't wasn't high on her list. But we bought a timeshare. And our kids were homeschooled. And so that was what she wanted to do. And it was a great idea. 
check this out. The very first time we ever went to our timeshare that we paid for, there was a couple in our church, some of you will remember them, Jeremy and Donna Fick. And that weekend, as we were getting ready to head out to go to the timeshare for the very first time with our kids, she had a miscarriage and was devastated. And we got halfway down to California and it dawned us, we made a phone call and they met us down there and spent the next three or four days with us. And somehow we went from mourning to celebration. And almost every year since, as we've owned that timeshare, there's so many people that we've taken with us, four and five couples at a time. We've actually leveraged fun. We've invited unsaved people to come with us. We invite people that are going through difficult times. You can prioritize this rejoicing, this fun. You can resource it. You can plan and schedule it. And you can leverage it for the kingdom of God. I've owned snowmobiles and mountain bikes and paintball garbage. Yeah, to have fun, but always to leverage it for kingdom stuff. Nothing I enjoy more than making fun of Trisha out on the sand dunes and mock her because she's a woman. No, 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 I didn't finish. Wait a second here. Listen, I'm not done. Judge not lest ye be judged. I know Trisha's, I know Trisha's triggers. And so she gets behind the wheel of her little side-by-side, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, machine, whatever you want to call it, right? It's like a Jeep on steroids. I'm like, oh, Trish is going to drive now. And I'll say something like that. And not too long ago, a bunch of us were out riding and she hit that throttle so hard and sprayed sand in the air and took off like crazy. I'll show him. I just knew that she was aggravated. And we got to have a blast chasing her through the dunes for hours because we were just having fun. We're down at the C3 conference this week. A couple of our families, we had invited some of our leaders. Some could go, some couldn't. And so the couples that we had one night, they said, let's, let's, let's go throw some axes. What's spiritual about that? I'm going to tell you what's spiritual is. When I hit the bullseye, man, I celebrate. Be careful at this age. Too much celebration. Fall down, break a leg. I pray that you will come into the joy of your master. Come into the joy of your master. I pray for you just that, that the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God settles on you, He'll stir up your joy. You'll begin to dream about having good times with other people. You'll begin to create moments for that to happen. I want to pray especially for those of you. And let me just let me look you in the eye. I'm your pastor, and, and so it's all good. If, if, if you're like, no, 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 I need, I, I, I need that. I want you to raise your hand. I just want to be able to look you in the eye and pray for you as I pray for everybody. And maybe there's nobody. Maybe you already got so much joy. It's you know, oozing out of you like, like sweat on a hot summer day, but anybody that you specifically like, you need that, Pat, I appreciate that. You're always fun to be with though. I just want you to know that. You're always smiling. We're gonna pray for you, but you didn't need to put your hand up. There's a few other people who did. <laughs> but we'll start with you. Who give me five? Who give me 10? Okay. Um, seriously, I, I wanna pray for you. Like I need the joy of the Lord. If that's you, raise your hand. If not, I'm gonna just pray for you as a group. Okay, and worship team's gonna sing here in just a second, okay? All right, chickens. Okay, let's pray, all right? And I'm gonna just look you in the eye. You don't have to bow your head. 
I'll look you in the eyeball now. You can put your head down and try to avoid my look, but I'm still staring through your eyelids. Father, I thank you for people that you rejoice over. Mm. Imperfect, every single one of them. God, not, not always what they need to be, not always doing everything they need to do, but your joy is there, your favor is there, your goodness wants to be all over them. God, you wanna pour out over their lives in incredible ways. You've got a good future for them. We've all made some mistakes, but your joy is full and you invite us into the joy of our master. And so Lord, I just declare your, this is, this is a sacred tenant of our church. Fun is our flavor. We're gonna enjoy you, Lord. We're gonna enjoy one another. We're gonna enjoy your presence. We're gonna enjoy all that you have to offer. We're gonna force ourselves when we don't feel like it. And we're gonna run in when we do. And the joy of the Lord will not only be at my strength, but will be our strength. I pray, Lord, that you'll make the smiles bigger. And they're already pretty big. They're already pretty good. We got some great smiles inside this room. God, I pray you'll widen them. I pray you'll stretch them. I pray, God, that you'll cause their joy to just to overflow when they go to work tomorrow God, or the next day, <laughs> whatever day they go. I pray in the business transaction. I pray in the difficult moment, Lord, the joy, the excitement, the celebration, the thoughts of being able to do this with friends will be all over them. Father, I thank you for your people, their lives, smell of your joy in good ways. God, I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you for all the banquets that you throw. Thank you for all the celebrations. Thank you for the miracles so that we can have parties. Thank you for God. You're, you didn't need to give us extra, but you do. And in giving us extra, we're able to have fun. We're able to buy some extra things and use them with our friends and invite people over to our home. We've got an extra chair at the table. We can afford an extra piece of chicken or whatever. We can invite people into a celebration in our homes. Help us to be the most joyful people on the planet, Lord. Help us to be the type of people that invite others into that joy. Father, I pray that we celebrate for the rest of our lives because you are worthy of celebration. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.